0: Welcome to Skills USA's podcasts. Joining me today are your high school at large officers, your national officers for Skills USA. Um, with me today, and I'm I'm reading this not in their office order. I'm reading it in the order in which they are appearing in my windows. Cecilia Lawson, Tariq Barnes, Abigail Jensen, Ryan Tinder, and Kayla Ketterling. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, everybody, and. Um, just wanted to give everyone a chance to get to know who you are and, and what your experiences are, are like, both as a student and as a member of SkillsUSA, and, and to learn more about you. So let's start right off with you, Cecilia. What is your trade area?
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me here today. So my trade area is actually carpentry.
0: Carpentry, okay. And what's your favorite thing about that?
1: My favorite thing about carpentry would probably just the whole aspect of it. I think it's really awesome to see something start on a blueprint, start on just a piece of paper and watch it come to life, you know, and I get to use a lot of awesome tools, a lot of super cool equipment. And it's really, it's just a lot of hands-on learning and it's a super awesome trade area. I'm really glad that it's mine.
0: What What led you there?
1: Well, my father is actually a carpenter, so I guess it's kind of been in my blood. I could I learned how to operate tools by the time I was like four years old, even though I was kind of bad, but learned how to do that. And he always kind of not led me in that direction, but it was always just something that I kind of thought was cool because you don't see a lot of females in carpentry a lot. So I thought hmm, I'll be different and decided to go that way.
0: My grandfather was a carpenter by trade and my dad was not, he didn't do that for a job, but he grew up doing it with his, with his dad. So he knew how to do this stuff. And he tried to pass that on to me, but I've always just been terrible at anything like that.
1: (laughs) So It happens. We, you all start out terrible. And then eventually you get your, get your skills. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess that's true. And, uh, um, but that's great that, that you have that example. Thank you so much. Tariq, what what are you, Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing. Uh, Cecilia, I forgot to ask you. Uh, tell me, let's just so everyone knows your your city and state, or your your school and state.
1: All right. So I am from Sabika, Minnesota, and I go to Sabika High School.
0: Okay. So it's cold up there.
1: Oh yes, very cold this morning. It was <laughs> negative seventeen degrees. So that was nice.
0: <laughs> bracing, bracing for you, Tariq. Now you. Um, you you're from Texas, is that correct? Yes, sir. And what school? Are you what's your school? I go to um, Cleveland High School in Cleveland, Texas. Oh, okay, that's easy enough, right? And uh, there's not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Cleveland, but you know it's easy to say, right? Yes. Uh, what are you studying?
2: I'm currently I'm studying
0: health science. Health science, okay. We have a lot of uh, health occupation
2: students in this officer team. Yeah, I mean, between everyone, I mean getting to hear the stories we get to um, share with each other about some of the clinical experiences we had that's got to make it nice in a way everybody can relate or so many can yeah i think a lot of times like being a health science student and dealing with a lot of healthcare care and medicine not a lot of people understand so being able to communicate um, with my teammates that's pretty awesome
0: what's your favorite thing about the the area you're studying
2: I think my favorite part is having the direct contact with like patients and I getting to see that the skills that I'm learning in my class applied in clinical settings. I think that's one of my favorite things because you actively get to like you feel that you're improving the quality of life of the people you're working with that day or you're seeing how the skills that you're learning is active actively um, saving a life doing CPR or applying EKGs or just taking vital signs. I think that's very uh, beneficial and it helps prepare me for my future in medicine.
0: How did you get interested in that area?
2: Well, I kind of always wanted to be a doctor whenever I was little. So I would always, if me or one of my friends would get hurt, I would always try to play doctor and like put on some bandages (laughs) or wrap it up with some ACE bandages, I think. so just going into high school, I knew that was something I wanted to pursue as a career. And that was the, um, one of the options available to me. So I said, hey, why don't I try this and see how it, how it prepares me?
0: I mentioned this in the other group, um, the uh, regional vice president's group, where there are so many health occupations students there. It's got to give you a certain insight that some of us, the rest of us may not have, given what's going on in the world with the pandemic. You probably are seeing things in a way that's a little more di- well a little different than the rest of us
2: yes sir i think um it's just i think it's crazy how um like i get to learn about the specifics of like immunology and how covid is affecting communities and how we can as healthcare professionals um kind of advocate for the community and um do things to help, you know, stop the spread or things we can do even in a clinic setting to help those patients um, get over the illness. Great. Yeah, that's
0: great work you're doing. Thank you for for being willing to study that. Abigail, tell me about yourself. What are you studying and and where do you go to school and your state? Although I think I know that one. <laughs>
3: Yeah, um, so I go to school at Wasilla High School in Wasilla, Alaska, and I've been drafting. I go back and forth between technical and architectural.
0: Oh, drafting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's the weather like in Wasilla today?
3: It's actually pretty warm. Uh, I think it's like zero out right now, so it's nice. Um, Yeah, it's nice out.
0: I was telling the, the college post-secondary group this morning, the, the DC area, we get a moderate amount of snow, not tons. Some years we get nothing. Some years we get dumped on. It tends to be one or the other, but no matter what we get, whether it's three feet or three tenths of an inch, it makes everybody panic and nobody knows what to do. All of the food disappears from the store. It's very funny. It's got to be extra funny to those of you who live in places where there's snow all the time. And we do have transplants, but as soon as they come here, they convert. They just turn into lunatics when it comes to snow.
3: Yeah, I can see how that would be different in places where that doesn't happen very often. Uh, I live in Southern Alaska and I'm far enough inland that we don't get a ton of snow, but there are some places where like in spring, they'll have 500 inches of snow, which is like, it's covering the buildings, that kind of snowfall. So.
0: Wow. Yeah. We had one, well, I think it was like four or five years ago. We got hit three separate times with each time was between two and three feet. And it was not fun, but cause we don't have the infrastructure to deal with it in, in a constructive way. Um, that I mean, it's not that we don't have any. It's just that out here, especially, there's just a lot of rural roads. But anyway, enough snow talk, I guess. Sorry, everyone. Um, tell me what led you to study drafting. What do you what made? Why, why did that interest you?
3: So um, it's kind of an interesting story, but I'll give you the main parts of it. I had to leave one of my other classes and the only other class that I could transfer into was tech drafting. This was after I became a state officer. And so I wanted to do a CTE program. And my grandpa happened to be the teacher. So oh. I just joined that class.
0: And, and you took to it right away. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That's another thing I, I tried in, in school and was terrible at. Um, photography was something that worked better for me. And that's that um, and and computer stuff. That's that's always been. But if you know, we if we were all the same, it wouldn't be interesting, would it? Next up is Ryan. Ryan Tinder, tell me, um, tell me, where you go to school and where you're from.
4: Awesome. Thank you, Craig, and thank you for having us all here today. This is a super exciting opportunity that we're all super grateful for. Uh, yeah, I'm Ryan Sender. I'm a senior at Tuttle High School, where I attend the pre-engineering program at Canadian Valley Technology Center in Chickasha, Oklahoma.
0: Chickasha. I've been saying that wrong my entire life, um, but uh, that I just now realized what you when you said it. I thought okay, because I could picture the word, but I've been saying it wrong. And and what are you studying? Right. So I'm a pre-engineering
4: student. So we're super heavy into STEM, super heavy into math, the physics, the digital electronics, and really just solving problems. What do you like about that? Yeah, it's, um, you know, since I was little, I've always been a big fan of building things, big fan of solving problems, big fan of working with my hands. And it kind of combined all three of those and so many other different areas. And it was really a, it was a natural fit.
0: Tell me about your advisor. What's, uh, what's he or she like? <laughs> so my advisor is the legend,
4: Mr. Jeff Herndon from uh, Canadian Valley Technology Center. And He oversees me as a national officer, a bunch of our state officers, district and local officers from multiple different student organizations. We call ourselves the Herndon Gang. And he is just incredible. He's basically Superman. I don't understand how he juggles as much as he does, but he's incredible and we're all here because
0: of him. (laughs) That's fantastic. I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that. Thank you so much for that. Kayla, Kayla Ketterling is also here with us and um, I wanted to know what you're studying.
5: Yeah, so I am also in a pre-engineering program like Ryan, and I have kind of started getting into welding last year and this year.
0: How do you like that?
5: It's a lot of fun. I also, I really like seeing how the two can go together and kind of that industrial engineering or manufacturing engineering and how that kind of goes right along with all the welding stuff that I'm learning in class.
0: What led you to um, engineering as a as a study area?
5: Engineering has been pretty natural for me, I guess, my whole life. My dad is a civil engineer and my oldest brother is a mechanical engineer. He was also in Skills USA, so he was kind of my introduction to all of this. But I kind of was looking at the electives that our high school offered and saw the pre-engineering program on there and asked my brother about it and if he enjoyed it and he said it was a lot of fun. So I figured I would give it a shot and it has probably been one of the best decisions I've ever made.
0: That's that's fantastic. Now it looks like you are probably virtual and not, at, not in school right now or, or is it a hybrid system or?
5: No, we are actually back fully in person. So oh. I am just on, I have like an off hour during lunch. So I have, an extra long lunch. So I was able to come home today.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier. So you are there in person again, and um, usually um, just not a lunch, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. And how did you get involved in Skills USA?
5: Yeah, so like I said, my brother was kind of my first introduction to it and once I got into that engineering course my freshman year of high school I had asked the teacher about it because I knew he was the Skills USA advisor and he kind of helped me get involved in a community service project that they were doing and I went to state for technical drafting my freshman year and at the state conference I totally fell in love with it everything just seeing the community that all of the chapters had and How they really supported each other as a team and I knew that that was a bond that I wouldn't really be able to get anywhere else in high school so I jumped head first in and I was on the local chapter officer team the next year ran for state office my junior year and then ran for national office this year
0: well we're we're glad that, that that you're a part of the organization that's for sure what about you Ryan how did you get hooked up with SkillsUSA
4: yeah, yeah. My story is actually really close to that. Like so many others, um, I got involved through the competitions and it was a huge opportunity for me because it was like, hey, you get to have a chance to go compete in things like robotics and technical math and quiz bowl and the stuff that I love to do. And so all of those passions that I had, I was like, whoa, I get a chance to actually compete in that stuff now. That's awesome. Went to SLSC my sophomore year and had that great opportunity to go there, hang out with everybody, see the community like Kayla mentioned. And that's that's really when it all started. I knew going into my junior year, I was like, I've got to get on top of this. We're going to start working in some leadership positions here. And uh, yeah, it's been an upward ride from there.
0: So for you, it was a natural, a natural process to go, okay, I've done this competition, but now I'm interested in the leadership part.
4: Right, right. Yeah, it was it was the extension. And I saw my friends of state officers, my friend is district officers, all the crazy cool things they were doing. They were, they seemed like they had something new cooking up every single week. I was like, I want to be a part of that. So that was the next step for me.
0: Great. Thank you. Abigail, how did you come to Skills SkillsUSA? Uh,
3: so this is also an interesting story.
0: Uh,
3: my grandpa that I mentioned earlier, he is actually the state director. And so he's been state director for the last 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And so um, my dad was also a skilled USA student. And so when I was born, I was kind of born as staff for the state. And so I was working for my grandpa and my dad since I was a little kid. And I always wanted to like go to the conferences and get to be a part of it and do more than just set up competitions and run papers around and so I got to go to the national conference and my grandpa was training me to be our new official photographer and then I kind of messed up my freshman year you know I ran for state office I got involved in competitions now I'm a national officer and my grandpa has to do all of the pictures so
0: I'm sure he appreciates it (laughs) oh totally you probably understand. And well, anyone who's been to a state conference and has worked behind the scenes, but especially as, as a... Wait, Ray is your grand grandfather, right? Ray Jensen? Yes. <laughs> it, as granddaughter of the state director, you probably have a, an insight that not everyone might have as to what all, how many hours go into this kind of work. We're so appreciative of what our state directors do.
3: Oh yeah, they do so much. And so much of it is behind the scenes. and. All of our state directors are just putting in so much work and our advisors too. And I really can't say how much I appreciate
0: them. Yeah, yeah, we're so grateful for all that they do. Tariq, um, Skills USA, how'd you hear about it? What what got you involved?
2: Yeah, kind of like some of the other people on my team. Um, my sister was actually involved in Skills USA when she was a high school student, but. My sister only did entrepreneurship. That was all she did. She didn't do any leadership or um, do any the things in the program or work. So I knew kind of when I'm going into high school, that was something I wanted to do. Like Ryan said, you know, I found out about some competitions that I could do. So I was always interested, but I think um, one of the things that led me to run for office was going to my um, district's fall leadership conference. And I got to meet, um, Lizette Moreno. She was actually the national president that year, and she was from our district. So I, speaking of Lizette, like she was doing q and A, Q&A, and I was just like, dang, like I want to be her. She was just so poised. She always, um, the way she interacted with everyone, that was kind of like something that I wanted to do as I um, matured throughout high school. So reaching out to her, um, she just, hey, she encouraged me to run for office. I ran for district. I made it. Um, Throughout district, I found out I wanted to run for state officer. Then my journey as a state officer is really what led me to be a national officer. So I think those interactions that I made with um, leaders when I was a freshman is what led me into um, the officer program. But um, my sister being involved in Schools USA is what brought me in. That's that's great. That's we like
0: the legacies, and and Lizette's great. She was such a great national officer. Doing great things in in at her university and in her um uh, what is was it called uh, um our, well I guess she's she's doing um the Marine. Marine Corps um right now what what do they call that when you're just still in college is it
2: uh it's not ROTC is it or is that what it is I think um she is a Marine like she did um, the basic training so okay she does go training with the Marine ROTC program at her college okay. I'm not sure, but I think she does work out with them. That's
0: great. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a huge example and, and just great role model for you. That's fantastic. Cecilia, where, where did you come into skills USA and how did you get involved?
1: Yeah. So, so just a lot like all of my fellow national officers. So I actually, the first time I heard of skills USA was when I was a sixth grader, when my older brother started his first year of skills. I didn't know much about it. I didn't really care. All I know is that I got to go to a super cool hotel, got to go to the Mall of America. I got a new American Girl doll. I was like set. So I love USA because that was the reason that I was there. So I loved it. So eventually I finally decided to care and I learned more about it and I decided that that was what I wanted to do, the organization that I kind of wanted to set my path on. However, I was only a sixth grader and USA isn't the biggest in Minnesota. So we don't have any middle school things yet, but we're working on that. However, I waited a couple more years until I was a freshman, and then we started my first, my whole journey, and I had my advisor. His name is Tom Smith, amazing guy, the man, the myth, the legend. He kind of prepped me for my first year. We didn't really do all that much because we don't have regionals or districts here because, again, very small. However, I went to uh, our state leadership conference, and it was the coolest experience ever I don't even know how it happened but I ended up placing first in prepared speech and got to go on to the most amazing nationals and when you go to a nationals as a freshman it's just in awe you know I was a really young kid I didn't know anything but being there and seeing how professional everybody was and just seeing all the lights especially the award ceremony it was just surreal and I remember thinking to myself like oh no it's got me, this is what I'm gonna do for probably the rest of my life. So and after that, I ended up deciding to, I was eventually my chapter president and then I moved on to, as a sophomore, I was the Minnesota state reporter. And then as a junior, I was promoted to president. And then I had to step down because I got to become a national officer. And that's kind of how I started and where I'm now.
0: That's great, Did did uh, was Mike Rowe there the year you went to nationals?
1: Oh yes, he was, and it was so amazing to see him because I, I watched Dirty Jobs basically all my life and like everything <laughs> like that. And it was it was really unfortunately I didn't get to meet him, but just seeing him up there and talking, I was like, oh, it was just it was a really awesome experience.
0: He has the unique ability to, if you do meet him, to make you feel like he's like your best friend, um, and he remembers your name. He it's clearly a skill. I mean, obviously the guy meets billions of people all the time, but I remember, um, I have this office in, um, the upper level of, uh, the, uh, KEC, uh, Kentucky Exposition Center when we were in Louisville and it, uh, it was pretty private. I used it to work in, to process photos and stuff. And so I I was asked if Mike could use the office when he needed to just have some time, on his own. And I said, sure, you know, as long as he doesn't mind me coming in there, if I have to work, because my schedule's not, it's not like I can say I'll be there at one and four, I come in and out. And they said, yeah, that's fine. So I popped in there and he was in there along with, um, past national officer who was serving as his kind of escort for the, for the day. And they, I was in there probably 15 minutes with them. And I was trying not to bother anybody because I was just working, but then he gets up to leave and he goes, see you Craig and and just from hearing my name once so he remind he remembers stuff like that and it's just makes you feel like like uh like he cares so it's, he's a good guy um okay so you what what you I, you mentioned you you had local and and state office um what made you want to do that why um specifically did you want an officer position and this is addressed to you Cecilia
1: so why I wanted the national offer officer position or all of them? Put any together.
0: any of the leadership positions?
1: Well, what really drove me to want to be the leadership position was I am the youngest child. I, am, I have no way ever been really a leader, but I've always fought for that because that's just kind of my personality. Mm-hmm. And my main goal and why I really wanted to be in this leadership position was I wanted to be able to help everyone accomplish all of their goals and just preach the amazing message of USA to the world and I knew that I could do that better if I kind of had a position of power per se but not really because anyone can do it if they really want to but for some reason I thought that that would be just a little bit extra and I really just wanted that drive because I'm from a town of 711 people nobody really does anything here so I had that as even more of a personal agenda to just really go out and kind of do the impossible so I just thought to myself, it'll be difficult, but I went for it, and I succeeded, so it worked out.
0: Yeah, it worked out for all of us, I think. Tariq, uh, you mentioned Lizette being an inspiration. Is Was there anything else that motivated you for seeking office?
2: Um, Lizette was definitely one of the main motivators for me running for district and state officer, and I think Um, Just hearing some of the testimonies from members of Texas throughout my journey, being able to interact with them through chapter visits or the different conferences that we held and just hearing their story and how it could relate a lot to me. I felt that, um, you know, being a national officer, I had a much bigger platform to impact so many more students, so that was um, one of the main reasons why I wanted to run, but also, McKenna Eccles and Ashley Olenkowitz, they're from Texas. Um, mm-hmm. Ashley, like really close. We talked a lot. Um, they were one of my main motivators because I could just, you know, like they were, Ashley was actually on the same district team as me. And so when she became a national officer, I was like, hey, like, I think I could really do this um, next year just because we, we were alike in so many ways. So definitely hearing those testimonies from members of Texas and having those role models like, McKenna and Ashley and even Lizette. She um, inspired and helped me throughout the process.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and so I know you've been to WLTI. You've, have you been to nationals too? Yes, sir. I did go to nationals. I went so in this year or last year we were thrown a, a curveball, and you had to adapt and run a virtual campaign. What was that like?
2: i think it was very stressful at some times just because like we were the first we were kind of like guinea pigs so there wasn't a lot of um there wasn't a lot of experience going through a virtual campaign so there wasn't you know past national officers that you could reach out to or advisors and be like hey like what should i do i have this idea should i do this so there was kind of um, you definitely had to be confident doing with whatever you're doing, and just, I think one of the main things was just having fun throughout the process. I think we were all learning in so many ways, and we got to connect with a lot more members this year than I think we would if we would have had that conference in person, so I think I definitely learned a lot of campaigning, definitely learned some skills to make um, posts on Canva and um, social media flyers, so that was definitely a skill that I can put on my resume now. Canva's a lifesaver. I,
0: I can't tell you how many times when you need a whether it's a, a a header for a social media account or or just a quick graphic, it's just so easy easy to pop in there and do that. So yeah, that's great. Abigail, I know you you mentioned being from a SkillsUSA family, um, but was there anything besides having that connection already that made you want to want to uh, run for national office?
3: Um, I think kind of like what Tariq was saying, just seeing past national officers and kind of seeing them as a role model, that was really cool and that really inspired me to run.
0: Do you know if there have been national officers from Alaska before? I'm not aware of that. I'm not, oh wait, Dave, wasn't Dave Terrell was one? Um,
3: I don't know his name or their name, but I know that there was one before, but that was 30 years ago or so.
0: Yeah, I think that's him. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's been around a while. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, that, that, but still, I mean, you're, you're in a, an elite group there and when you were running your campaign and and you realized you were going to have to do it virtually, how did you adjust?
3: Um, it was really complicated for me because I'm not really on social media a lot. And so, uh i got instagram and i was trying to learn all of that i was getting help from a lot of people around me some of my friends my sister um they were helping me out a lot and then i was just trying to connect with people on skills usa connect and make sure that like people knew who i was i have been to a lot of conferences before so i really used a lot of the connections that i had gotten before the pandemic started to make sure that I was kind of getting my platform out there to everyone
0: that that, that's great and I was have have you been you mentioned being back in class for real did you have a time where you were virtual or is the population low enough in your area that you didn't have to do that
3: I actually live in one of the most populated parts of the state. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's small by most standards, but it's really big here. Yeah. Uh, so my school switched to being completely online at the last quarter of last year. Okay. This year, we're fully in person, but uh, they're making some concessions for people who are doing a blended model or who are completely at home. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of following a blended model right now, where I'm doing most of my classes from home, but then I'm going in and connecting with my teachers on days when students aren't there.
0: Is is that, um, it seems like it's hard to me. Um, This is my third Zoom of the day and I'm already like gone. So I'm just wondering how you're dealing with that.
3: Uh, I've always been a very self-motivated learner. So, I'm not having too much trouble with it. Some of the problems that I've found um, is kind of the regulations that we have for a lot of our classes. Like, they don't want at home students to be zooming into classes, so they'll put us onto a fully online model. So, that's complicated because then we don't have any teacher or any instruction that way, it's just videos that we watch. so that's been complicated. And then a few of my classes didn't start until like two weeks after class started. So that's complicated because now I have to go back and redo all of the work that I couldn't access before.
0: Oh Yeah, I can see how that would be tough.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you're doing a great job as a national officer. That's for sure. I'm sure you're doing great as a student as well. So thank you for all your work. And um, Ryan, tell me about your um, becoming a national officer and and how how you, how it was running virtually?
4: Yeah, so I won't lie. It was obviously a dramatic change from going uh, physical to virtual. You know, you miss out on some of that interaction with the, the face-to-face interaction with the delegates and the people you'll eventually be representing. But I will say that uh, there were many times when you're up late into the night answering your Instagram DMs of various members texting you various questions. So there was even a lot more opportunity to connect with a wider range of people over the, over the course of the virtual campaign. And that's something that we definitely did not take for granted.
0: Well, you know, you mentioned Instagram and the national officers, for those who aren't aware uh, or Instagram at skills, USA, everyone. So please follow us, but national officers have been doing takeovers of our Instagram. And those have been so fun to watch. And um, the, also the alumni ask me anything. I think that's way, a way overdue addition to our various offerings. So thank you all for being the pioneers there too. The pioneer virtual team and pioneers in in these other areas. It's really, it's really great that we're doing these things and providing people with an insight into how you're working and how you're doing things. What about you, Kayla, you, you, uh, why did, why did you want to be an officer, whether you can answer if it, whether it was a national or local officer, but, um, and then why how did you like campaigning virtually?
5: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think my journey was kind of similar to Tariq's in that it seemed pretty gradual, but at the same time, it also seems like it all happened really quickly. So I started out as a local chapter officer and that was basically just my advisor said, hey, You know do you want to get more involved with our chapter and this would be a good way to do it and i was like yeah sure i'll try it out for a year and see how it goes and i ended up getting a position that kind of lined me up to be the president of our chapter my junior year which shocked me at first because i was like well usually it's a senior that's the chapter president and I asked him about it and I was like, well, what am I gonna do my senior year? And he told me right then at the end of my freshman year that I would be running for national office. And I was like, no, you're insane. Like I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then by the end, actually by the middle of my sophomore year, I had decided to run for state office and kind of had that idea in the back of my head for national office. And it all just kept snowballing, I guess. I got elected as a state officer for Wyoming, and my team decided that I would be the best fit for the president of our state association, so that was a super fun year, doing all sorts of stuff with them, and that year, I also, I knew that I was running for national office, so I had started an Instagram account to try to, like, connect with people, kind of before nationals, and that ended up being like the biggest blessing ever when we went virtual for campaigning because i already had like a following built up on instagram i had people from texas i had people from massachusetts like all over already and that helped a ton i was kind of stressed out like everybody else said it was definitely an unexpected turn for campaigning but i think that It was pretty easy for us all to adapt. I think we all did really well in that area and made the best of it. We had a lot of fun with it. I know a lot of us were messaging each other throughout the week, just like, hey, how's your campaign going? Um, Are you getting lots of questions from people and just checking in with each other before we were even officially a team? So that was really neat to see those connections being made there. And just like Ryan said, having that opportunity to connect with people even if they weren't delegates, all sorts of USA members across the nation.
0: Yeah, it was, I watched a lot of your speeches, a lot of your, a lot of the campaigning that went on. I was helping uh, our staff who does, who who's responsible for that process. And I was assisting um, here and there. We were streaming part of it onto Facebook as, as it was happening and and so I was there just to assist. So I was paying attention and having seen a lot of these over the years, I didn't, I thought, you know, I'm surprised at how similar it is. Um, the one difference is, you know, the, you know, seeing people in person, being able to shake their hands and stuff, and also not being freezing cold inside that delegate room because it's always super cold in there. And so you, you might've been cold in your house, but it just, it, it's a unique kind of cold in any of these conference centers that they they make it. And it's good for me because I'm moving around a lot, taking pictures, but it, uh, as far as the content, it was, it was, it was very much like a regular campaign. So I thought that was great.
5: Um, Yeah. And I can't speak for everybody else on the team, but I know that personally I had a great support system with my state director and my advisor still helping kind of prep me for the delegate session. We knew it would look pretty similar to a regular delegate session. So having them right there behind us, at least in my case, that helped a ton, having that support system with alumni, a couple of past national officers, state director, advisor. They were a great team to help kind of push us all into it and make sure we were still on the right track.
0: Yeah, and and I think having to do this this year, this past year, the way that we have, has helped us look at, at everything in a different way. And I think we can only... Im- improved by that like to look at what we're doing and how we do it and how we can offer it moving forward and that goes just not just for the skills usa program but even how we work and how we how we educate and it's 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 exciting um having said that i, I am eager for uh, in-person events to come back but it was it certainly uh, it didn't feel less than to me um so that that's good I'm looking at the clock now and I know we're bumping up against it. So I'm going to go around the horn real quick here with two questions and, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. So I'm, since you're already here, Kayla, you get to be, (laughs) to be the pioneer. I'm not going to say Guinea pig. Um, So I want to be an officer in skills USA. It doesn't have to be national office. It could be local office. What, what advice would you give me?
5: Yeah, that's a good question. I think the biggest thing is make sure that you're passionate about it because to be a leader in any of those cases, whether it's state, local, national, or even not an official leadership position, it helps to have a lot of passion for whatever you're doing. So being passionate about your members that you're serving, being passionate about the mission of the organization, that helps a ton. So just make sure your head's in the right place for it. and that you really want help serve others.
0: What do you say, Ryan? What's your advice?
4: If you have even the smallest like idea, smallest desire to be in the SkillsUSA office, absolutely do it. It will change your life. It teaches you so many skills, so many skills that we can articulate and so many skills that we can't articulate. And um, yeah, just do it. (laughs) Great, Abigail? Mm
3: I would say be ready for all of the behind-the-scenes work as, if, as well as everything else that you have to do in front of people because there's so much behind-the-scenes work that has to get done and if you weren't ready to be a part of that and if you weren't ready to see some of the darker sides of what happens then it'll be a lot harder to be an officer
2: good good to know Tariq what's your advice I would say connect with um, any current or past state local national officers any position because I think they have some pretty good testimonies that will that they'll share and see if that's something that you truly want to do, because I can just remember all the stories that they've told me and that some of those stories that motivated and inspired me throughout the process or even now serving in the position. I think just reaching out to those people will be key to um, becoming an officer in the organization. And and last but not least, Cecilia, what's your advice? If everyone hasn't
0: so taken
1: all, already. <laughs> I know, I know I'm thinking to myself like, oh, what could I say that's not? But I do have one that I think is probably a really good piece of advice to give to someone it is be confident be cool as a cucumber because a lot is going to be thrown at you and it's going to seem like a ton but you can do it and it's going to be the greatest experience in your life if you become just a chapter officer all the way up to a national officer it is the best thing you can do for yourself you're going to learn so much hopefully you don't have to spend as much time as zoom as we have had to but it'll be the greatest thing
0: that's great now Last question, everyone. Think about this. This is one of those questions people hate. Um, these kinds of questions that are sort of sort of um, abstract, but we're talking about the Skills USA framework and the essential elements. There are 17 essential elements. What essential element of the framework do you relate to most today? Doesn't have to be your eternal answer, but just today. Cecilia.
1: All right, so hopefully no one, because this is one that I think is most takes the most precedence at a time like this, which that would be adaptability and flexibility. <laughs> yes, we are in a time that is very unusual. We're in a global pandemic. A lot of mm-hmm. things are really strange right now, but I think that's the one that I spend the most time on, that one that I identify most with, because you always have to be adaptable and flexible mm-hmm. for everything that's thrown at you. You're, in normal years, we'd get to fly everywhere, but now it's like, oh, I have school, I have a job and everything, but instead I just gotta be adaptable and gotta be flexible and find a way to conquer it all. And we, we all do a really great job at it too.
2: That's a great answer. How about you, Tariq, what, do you, what is yours? Cecilia stole my adaptability and flexibility. <laughs> um, but I think um, definitely adaptability and flexibility, especially as a health science student, because um, being that this global pandemic Um, change the way we live today and healthcare professionals had to react so fast to um, improve the nation or like, you know, keep us safe. So I think um, studying that right now, we're still implementing some of the things as things are constantly changing every day. We're still, um, we still want to set the best, the best, the best foot forward when we're helping our our patients. So I think definitely um, doing being adaptable and flexible is um, important to me.
0: And it's an important skill for life, uh, for for school, for work, for relationships. All of that will serve you well. So that's a good one. Um, Abigail, and do not worry if it's the same one anyone else chose. I don't want anyone to feel like they can't say the one they want to say.
3: Uh, Mine is integrity. Um, For me, integrity just connects to so many other things like honesty, reliability, and professionalism. And I really think that integrity is so important because like all of the essential elements are really, really important, but integrity is kind of what keeps them together. It's what makes them important because without integrity, without that honesty in your work, those other things don't always work.
0: That's great. Thank you for that. Ryan, what's your uh, essential element today?
4: Yeah, so I'm going to pick up the work, uh, the work ethic, personal skill. Uh, for me, work ethic was a huge part of being a national officer and just life in general, the ability to, you know, eliminate your distractions. Sometimes you're going to have to do some work that you don't want to do. You don't necessarily, you got better things to do then, but it still has to be done. That doesn't change that fact. And that's a big thing I've developed through national office, the ability to just eliminate distractions that are around me and set my mind to a task at hand and say, all right, we're not getting up until this thing
0: is done. Great. Kayla?
5: This is a really tough question. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of caught between two right now. So I would have to say either communication or professional development. Um, I am doing my Instagram takeover today. So Mm -hmm. I've been kind of communicating with some members, having a ton of fun with that. So that one comes to mind. And then professional development, because I am kind of still on the college search and figuring out what I want to do with my future for sure. So trying to do some experiences, job shadowing to help me figure that out and solidify my path.
0: Fantastic, well, I know we, um, I promise you, we do about 40, 45 minutes. So here we are at 50, according to my little clock. And so you went, we went along, but that's okay, it was good stuff. It didn't feel long. It only felt like 49 minutes, truthfully. No, I'm kidding. It was uh, It was great. I appreciate, thank you so much for your time today. And I hope that we can all see each other in person at some point. And um, once again, you are listening to Skills USA's podcast. My guests today have been the high school at large officers, and we've learned a lot from them. And um, thank you for coming. And join us next time for Skills USA's podcast. SkillsUSA.